Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions. Before we kick off, shout out to our main sponsors, Rising Sun Breweries, who produce some fantastic beers right here in Cork City. And we've changed it up a small bit this week. I'm delighted to say that Tim, my fellow writer and reviewer, has joined me to um, chat to Eric Reifinger from Carved Into The Sun. Eric, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, man. Great stuff. And Tim also, thanks for joining me on this one. Yeah, looking forward to it. So Eric, look... Geez, we so much to ask about this album. Like it's it's an absolute belter altogether. Like it really is. But look, before we even get into that and how impressive and emotive and everything else, how did you decide on the name of the band? Can I just start with, if you don't mind? Yeah. Uh, so I started making music in late 2019, and. Uh, I had a couple songs that I wanted to release and I didn't have a name or anything. So I was just kind okay. of, I wanted to release them in 2019 and it was December. So I kind of needed a name and uh, I was listening to the band Struoi. Uh, I don't know if you know that band, no. but it's it's the guitarist of uh, uh, Paradise Lost. He's oh. the guitarist and, the, and vocalist of Struoi. And they have a... <laughs> They have a song called uh, Carved Into the Skin, and that name was showing on the display in my car, and uh, I thought it said Carved Into the Sun at first. It's like, that's kind of cool. And then I realized it didn't say that, but uh, <laughs> and it, it doesn't actually make that much sense because, you know, the sun's a ball of gas, so you can't really carve, it, <laughs> carve anything into it. But nevertheless, I, I went with the name, and uh, that's just, you know, what I go by now. Great, Matt, isn't it how, how you come up with something just like that? I mean, as I was thinking, it's a very post-rock name, you know, the way bands throw some crazy names like that. So, I mean, it, it does fit the genre without without doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, for sure. And and your own uh, your own name, Eric, Eric Reifinger, it's it's typical, uh, it sounds typical German. Uh, it is a German name, yeah. It is so German, my, okay. Yeah, yeah my ancestor or? Yeah, my heritage is mostly German, so uh, okay. it's, it's definitely where it comes from. Okay, nice. Yeah, I myself yeah. Uh, live in the Netherlands, so uh, neighbors to Germany. <laughs> awesome, hmm. sweet, very nice. Yeah, and, and t- I mean, have you lived all your life in the states, so Eric? Yeah, uh, so I was actually born in Hawaii, and then we, my family moved to California when I was a little kid, and I've lived in California most of my life. I lived in Seattle for a little bit, and uh, besides that, like. 95% of my life I've lived in California, so different parts, but yeah. But a very nice lifestyle, I've no doubt, in California. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I grew up in L.A. County, Los Angeles County, so uh, it's really crowded there for my liking. Uh, okay. So I, when I went to college, I, I moved up north a little bit, and it was less crowded, and I realized that it was I liked it a lot more. Yeah. And uh, and now I live even farther north from there. I live in the area where my wife is originally from. So we moved here uh, oh. after college. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's California, but, you know, not crowded like L.A. or San Francisco or the cities. So Yeah, not the image that we portrayed in our heads. Anyway. Probably not. Yeah, no, I would say not. No, Tim, was a question or two about the album, I'd say straight off the bat. Yeah, because Tim wrote the review. Yeah. So, Tim, do you want to kick off a question on it? Yeah, well... I wrote also in my review that it's cool nowadays that sometimes you find new music only through, uh, first of all, through the artwork. Because I was, I, I, don't, I don't even know anymore where I saw it first, but I, I saw the image of the, the, the front cover, you know? Yeah. Uh, really a sucker for melancholy and, uh, and uh, black and white art. So I had to look deeper into it. And then I listened to the music and yeah, well, I, I was completely hooked, you know? So... That that was my first. Uh, it's only four months ago, I think, right? October. Mm. It was released. 
Yeah, almost yeah. four months. So what happened all? Uh, uh, what happened in, in those four four months? How was the album received? It's uh, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, in the first few days, I think it had more streams than my than the album I released in 2020 had up until that point. So uh, definitely unexpected and got a lot of really positive reviews and was really, you know, appreciative of that. I didn't expect that at all. And, you know, I just recorded these songs and uh, put them out. And um, yeah, it's been incredible. Like, just... Yeah. I was just thinking like Ronnie from Where Post Rock Dwells, I would assume has had played a big part in it for you in helping you get the name out there, hasn't he? He's He's been some man for, for the post scene. It's, it's incredible, like, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, even with the album that I released in 2020, he's amazing and supportive in every possible way. Mm. And I've just kept in touch with him even before then. Uh, I would talk with him, you know, through premieres on his channel, things yeah. like that. Um, but then I just got to know him even better after I released the first album. And then, you know, I, I sent him the new album before it was actually released. Mm. He said he wanted to do a premiere of it. And, um, you know, he's posted about it on his Facebook, on his Instagram, and he had the banner on his channel, you know, <laughs> supporting the album and just every possible thing. So for, for sure, it wouldn't have, you know, anywhere near the, the number of listeners that it's had uh, without yeah. Ronnie. He's been Unbelievable. amazing. Unbelievable. Like, do, you, do you pinch yourself sometimes? Eric, you know, and say, you know, based on the reaction of it, I know, don't take anything away from it. It's an amazing album, but how quickly it was taken in by people, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it, definitely. It's been incredible. Bit, bit of a war with <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't know quite what to make of it still, because for the most part, I'm just a guy making music in this room. So, you know, it's, it's just, Hard to believe even sometimes that the number of people who have listened to it have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, you know, for me is a really personal uh, process to make the album and even uh, listening back to it is, you know, uh, is a very personal thing. And so I've gotten a lot of messages from people who, you know, are listening to it and uh, have a, a connection to it because they're going through something similar mm -hmm. um, to what I was when I when I wrote the album. So. You know, it, it's really meaningful to be able to spread it with two people. Uh, like yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it turned out a very personal, but also a, I think a very emo emotive, emotional album. Is that something you you're okay with? Get a little bit deeper on uh, the. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. So yeah, uh, it, it was written after the passing of your your brother. Yeah. Yeah, my brother passed away uh, almost three years ago. Uh, so yeah, uh, he and I were, you know, really close. Um, I have five younger siblings, but he's the closest in age to me. Um, and so, you know, we learned how to play guitar together more or less and uh, had nearly identical tastes in music and just, you know, everything. We were really close. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a tough thing for, you know, to try to process and I'm not the most vocal person or expressive. Um, and so, you know, I, at some point I just picked up my guitar and it, you know, that was the one thing that I could always do yeah. when I was, you know, just going through it. And, uh, so I decided at some point, you know, I, I played a few things since he had passed away. I just decided to start recording those and just make a project of it and, you know, just, uh, try to express myself and how I was feeling at that time through an album. Um, you know, and 
Did we meet? It was it three years ago you said Eric that he passed. Yeah, in twenty twenty. So was, was it? Were you writing music even before that? Had your stuff sort of penciled in, or was it a case of that was the catalyst um, that that moved everything along? Yeah. So the first track on the album Hexus, I'd written the intro riff and and started to kind of develop that idea, but everything else was written after my brother passed away. Okay. Um, so the the song "The Earth Fell Away on Every Side," the third track, is uh, the I just played that like right when I came home from his funeral. Uh, I just plugged in my guitar and started playing that. Wow. Sorry if this is really a downer topic, but no, no, um, no. People want to know. I, I'm assuming you know, and we, myself and Tim want to know that if that's okay with you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, that's kind of the first thing that I played when I got home uh, in California, and then the track that's called uh, "Through My Screams, The Wind Still Whispers." I actually started writing um, when I was visiting my family in Tennessee for the funeral. Um, okay. So it's all kind of yeah, just part of you know that. It's just, it's just, it's after. just your process of dealing with it, I suppose, Eric, wasn't it? You know, yeah, you, you yeah. put it, you put it to use, like, which is um, a, a talent in itself, like, to be able to harness the, that emotion, like, and put it into such an amazing album, like, you know, at, like as heartbreaking as it probably was to write, and as emotive as the music is. Do you do you find comfort in it now, listening back to it, or is it how how, how yeah. do you feel about the album? Yeah, I do, and I think that. So to me, the album tells kind of a story, you know, represents different periods of time uh, in those couple of years after mm -hmm. my brother passed away. Um, so from like the second track to the to the end of the album, I think to me anyway, it represents kind of the different stages that I went through, different emotions, just different phases. And by the end of the album, I can feel you know, through the songs or like I, you know, yeah. I remember writing those parts and I remember being in a different place. And, you know, I it's still pretty tough to have lost my brother. You know, I miss him every day. Um, it's tough to talk about him, talk about him. But uh, but I can, you know, see even through the music that, you know, I I'm able to move forward and not be like in this just place where I felt like there was no, you yeah. know, no yeah. light, you know, which is you. kind of where I was at the, towards the start of the album. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're, you're okay with listening back to your own album. It, it doesn't, it's not something you try and avoid. I don't try to avoid it. Uh, I don't listen to it a lot just because I'm a little obsessive about writing music. So I've, I feel like I've kind of closed that chapter a little bit yeah. and I'm writing new stuff now. I still do listen to it here and there, uh, but not a lot. Okay. But yeah, it, it doesn't bother me to, to listen to it. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of nice to to revisit those those feelings. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Does, does your family uh, listen to your, your music and, and how they uh, felt about this album with this story behind or this feeling in it? My uh, one of my brothers I know has listened to it at least a handful of times, and and uh, it's not really his style of music, but he's in the process of learning how to play guitar, and so he I think it's kind of an example for him, you know, thinking about how I wrote the songs and yeah, you know, just ideas that way, and uh, you know, he knows what it means to me, and and we are really close, even closer now because we bought, you know, uh, just talked with each other a lot over the last few years mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. since we lost our brother. But uh, yeah, so he, he's definitely listened a handful of times. Uh, <laughs> one of my sisters has listened. I know that. Not so sure about the rest of my family. You know, my, my <laughs> family's not big into post metal or post rock. So uh, they probably just sent it to all of them. 
they just tell you they did do that just to get you off their back maybe yeah. not even that no not even <laughs> that <laughs> i sent it to all of them and kind of before i released it and said you know i just wanted to let you guys know that i wrote this album and it's about yeah. brandon and uh you know i wouldn't i wasn't gonna feel right if i like released it to the world and hadn't at least given my family a chance to hear it got very minimal feedback aside from the the one brother but yeah. Do, you, do you think is is do you think it's because of they don't really like heavy music or is it too too heavy or too too difficult for them maybe or maybe both? Or I think it's both. Yeah, um, yeah. So my, I think it's definitely both. My my dad, I think, uh, has trouble listening to. He's not big into music to begin with, so a lot of the music that he's listened to over the years has been music that my brother or I made. My brother Brandon, who passed, uh, okay. he's in uh, like melodic death metal bands and stuff like that, and uh, he's a really unbelievably talented musician. And uh, when he passed away, I, I put together all the music that he'd ever recorded, and I sent it to my dad uh, and just said, you know, in case you ever want to revisit Brandon's music, like I think that's kind of how he would want to be remembered uh, in a lot of ways. And I don't think my dad's listened to any of it since then, just because it's so hard for him. Um, exactly, so yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a, a similar thing with my music. I'm not sure. Gee, it's a nice thing to do though, Eric, to get his music and you know, it's, it's something to always remember him by and to have it and share it amongst family. Like it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a beautiful thing. Like, Look, I suppose this is a perfect time, Eric, to really give everybody a taste of this album, The Earth Fell Away. This is the opening track, guys. This is Hexus. Um, have a listen. If you haven't heard already, trust me, trust him when we say you'd be blown away by this.
there you have it, guys. That is Hexus from The Earth Fell Away, and that is from Carved Into the Sun, uh, Eric's latest album, which also includes a bass player. I think Tim has a question or two on that. So, Tim, take it away, man. Yeah, well, um, the, the band is uh, really, uh, uh, I thought, a uh, uh, one man band, but you also have a, a bass player, it, uh, it says. So, um, I was curious about how did that. Uh, connection came with he doesn't live in, in the states i i think is it from russia or uh, switzerland or he's russian uh yeah so before i started writing this album i had the thought that i thought you know my music could definitely benefit from having a bass player because uh, i just suck at playing bass i have <laughs> no idea what a bass player does you know i play bass like i play guitar and uh, that i don't <laughs> think works so well so yeah, after I'd started writing the album, I had already been following the Instagram hashtag uh, session bassist. And so I just see bassists pop up on my Instagram feed here and there. And that's how I found this guy, Artem, who plays uh, in my band now. And uh, I just messaged him. We went back and forth. We tried out one track just to see how it would work, you know, collaborating internationally. Um, at the time, he was located in, in Moscow. And uh just over the course of maybe a year or a little more, uh, we just, you know, email back and forth. Uh, I'd send him logic projects and, or really just the like exported yeah, audio yeah. from logic. And, uh, he'd do his thing and send me back bass tracks and I'd give him feedback or I just chop up what he'd sent and, uh, put it on the project and maybe send it back with some notes or something like that. And, uh, but anyway, in the end, he, contributed a lot to the album. And, uh, I mean, to me, the, the bass on the album, it makes a big difference. And um, yeah. so I really think that he contributed a ton to the overall sound. Um, now he's located in Switzerland. He had to flee his country because of, of all of the Ukraine yeah. You know, yeah. conflict. Yeah. Mad. The times we're living in, it's, it's fucking lunacy. Like, But it's amazing how you can actually get somebody from another part of the world and collaborate, as you're saying, like, you know, online or whatever, however you describe it. You know, it, has it made music so much easier? This technology, how we've progressed, like, isn't it? You know, that you yeah, totally. You haven't met yet in in real life. No, we've never met in real life, and uh, you know, I've I've told him that you know if he ever wants to come visit California, he's more than welcome. But I think that's a tough thing for him yeah. to manage. So uh, I'm sure I'll end up visiting him at some point. But yeah, I've never met him, and and we made this album together. And his, does he do? Sort of his own solo work, or is he in a band already, or that you want to do a bit of name dropping for him on his behalf? Yeah, so he's in a band called Violent Bliss, and so I, I'm not totally sure what the status of their band is. Mm -hmm. um, they were all located in Russia, and I know the drummer had, is now here somehow. He made it here to, uh, in California, okay. and the vocalist is actually Artem's wife, uh, so they're together in Switzerland. Um, but I, yeah, I don't really know what their plans are uh, yeah. now. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Who does? Like, sorry, Tim, I got yeah. across you there. So, no plans uh, for uh, getting in a real uh, a, a band together playing live uh, shows or? It's a tough thing. Um, you know, I, I would love to do it, and it's not, you know, uh, out of the question or anything like that. It's just, uh, so far, it's just two of us. We're in very different parts of the world. So, I'd have to recruit some musicians. And a lot of why I started making music like I do, uh, you know, by myself now is because even when I was in high school, uh, I had trouble finding musicians that I could, you know, uh, that were reliable or, you know, 
fit what I was trying to do, you know, in, in whatever way. So haven't had a whole lot of luck with that in the past. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll work out at some point in the future, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to work on that. Yeah. It would, I want... a, it would be a very cool band for a play a dunk festival, right? But... <laughs> oh, Chocodone. Absolutely. Yeah. Dunk fest is, it's written all over your character. Design. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully one day. Some, someday, Eric, someday. Yeah. But can you yeah. look at Tim, Tim's review there of your last album? Like, you know, he, Jesus, he plays your composition and especially the guitar work, your own guitar work. You do it all yourself, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, like who who are your inspirations when it comes to who influenced your style of guitaring? I'd say, I mean, as far as the music that I write now goes, mm. I would say um, Mike Sullivan, the Russian Circles guitarist, is probably oh. uh, the biggest influence for me. There are a lot of bands that have influenced how I write or, you know, the sound that I'm going for. But mm -hmm. if there's a, a guitarist, I'd say him or I, I basically learned how to play guitar by learning thrice songs. Um, so yeah. thrice's guitarist has been a, a big influence okay. for me. But yeah, th I'd say those two guys are the main ones. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like as Tim is also alluding to like the production and everything is, is fucking top notch for solo projects. And I mean, you know, you go back 10 years, Eric, like people were talking about solo projects. It was sort of almost secondary to a band, you know what I mean, when it came to quality. But no, fuck it, times have changed, haven't they? I mean, solo projects are, they're, they're plentiful at the moment and they're of the yeah. highest quality, like. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. And in my case, I, I can't take all the credit. I'm, I'm not good at mixing or mastering, so I okay. have other people who know what they're doing handle that part of it. There are a lot of solo projects out there that, you know, do that part of the albums themselves as well. Yeah. Um, and that completely blows me away. I don't yeah. even understand how that would just make writing, you know, creating music such a chore for me. Um, but, you know, it's incredible that the people are doing that part too. Um, but yeah, the, you know, technology out there nowadays does make it a lot simpler. That's for it sure. It does. Like, it, it's amazing what you can do now. But I'm guessing I can't do, <laughs> I can't do any of it. I can't play an instrument like but again, like we talk about collaborating a lot online across across countries and, and, and the work you can do within your own studio and any anyone in their home can yeah. create a studio now. Like Yeah, absolutely. You know, all, all you have to have is a talent to play an instrument, I suppose. <laughs> is <Yeah. that> <laughs> I guess you don't have to have that, but that helps, yeah. <laughs> well if if if, the, if it's not needed, I might as well give it a go, I'd say. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Give it a try. Absolutely. While we're talking about your own music here now again, sampling, the samples that you've picked and chosen to use on your latest album, how do you find these? How do you go about picking them out? I mean, there's how many audio samples out there? I mean, millions. So how do you decide them? Yeah, so the so I included two in the album and they were really just, I mean, just coincidence, or I guess not coincidence. I um, The one that's on the second to last uh, track on the album, Shoreless, is a clip of a guy performing part of A Grief Observed by uh, C.S. Lewis. So I read that book, you okay. know, maybe two years ago or something like that. And so I was just looking um, for, you know, stuff more on that uh, book. Okay. And I came across this performance and I thought it was really good. And I don't know, I, I don't remember the point, the exact point where I decided to try to, you know, include it in a song, but uh, I just stuck it in there and it worked pretty well. And just the feeling of, of what he's saying though, really, you know, connected with the emotion yeah. of the, of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the one that's on the uh, fourth and fifth tracks as another thing where I, I was just, 
watching videos late at night, like very depressed and uh, just the words that the guy spoke just helped me out a good amount in the moment. And uh, um, I felt like maybe the fifth track would would work better if there was a clip, uh, an audio clip of some kind on it, uh, some kind of sample. I like a lot of bands that, you know, include stuff like that. Uh, yeah. For Monument to Masses is one of my favorite post-rock bands ever. They do a lot of clips like that and obviously Godspeed and all these others. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of had that idea in my head, but I didn't just want to include anything. Um, and so, you know, saw this video and the words meant a lot to me and I just tried it yeah. out and I, I thought it worked pretty well. I, I love audio samples in post-music as well. It's a very post-music thing to do with yeah. it. You know, for sure. but I love it. Like Tim, do you, do you, do you like the audio samples and music? Is that your thing? Yeah, especially when it's instrumental, you know, then it's, it still gives a, 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 a another layer sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah and, and especially when the, when the lyrics and the, the emotion on the, on the spoken word or the sample really fits the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the thematically with, with the album and, and, and mm-hmm. the emotion, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I, always, I always just wonder how you pick them out, Eric. Like, I mean, it, you know, you sit down, you've written an album or uh, written a track, and you're saying, right, <laughs> where where do I start looking here to find a yeah. sample? Like, I didn't, you know, I, I it didn't, just happens by chance, also. It did, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I found those clips at some point where I, you know, during the process of writing the songs. So it wasn't like I had written the songs and then just tried, you know, decided to slap these samples yeah. on top. It was, yeah. it was actually part of the writing process that I had okay. those clips in mind. Um, okay. yeah. and yeah, it, you know, what Tim was saying, um, I really was not sure about using any audio clips on, on the songs just cause it is a very post thing to do. And, and I didn't want to, you know, just speak, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to do it just because other bands do it, but I I showed my wife the the song that uh, became the fourth and fifth songs on the album, and just asked her what she felt about it, and she told me that uh, she liked it more than she likes the other songs, and it had a lot to do with the the audio <laughs> yeah, clip because it told the story, and I was like, yeah. you know what, all right, let's go with it. Yeah, the the audio sample start of the at the end of the fourth song, it goes into the fifth right in the fifth song right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you use it also for, for as a sort of a bridge between those songs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea was for those two songs to, you know, flow into each other. Really, they're one big song that I, I split into two. Okay. And so the, the clip kind of comes in, you know, a few minutes in and then the tracks separate. And uh, so, yeah, it comes in during the fourth track. There's also a song, the piano song, the second song, uh, uh, it was written or played also by a family member for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I kind of made that idea in logic, just like the the basics of it, just like clicking uh, with MIDI. And then I sent it to my brother, Gabriel, who I mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, and he's a really talented pianist. And uh, so he just worked on it. And then he came to visit me at some point. I, I got a MIDI keyboard that he could use and he, he recorded it. And uh, I, I felt like so my my brother Brandon, who passed, was also a really talented piano player, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to have something on the keys on the album, kind of to represent that. And then I felt to include my other brother Gabriel was kind of a, a meaningful thing, also. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jeez, there's, there's music in your veins within the family. Is there? Yeah. You all seem to be talented. It's, yeah, a few of us. I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous. Tell me about it. And I go on. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, it took a while, a long time for me to put anything together that made any sense. So, you know, it, uh, it takes time and, you know, you can get good at anything. But again, like, but, but did your, your father play instruments or no? Does it just start with yourselves, siblings? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm the oldest of six kids. And so when I was probably 11 or 12, I had a friend who played guitar. We, we did a science science project together and we uh, made a science version of a Blink-182 song. <laughs> and, uh, and I just thought it was the, the most amazing thing that he played guitar. I had never considered that you could even do something like that because, yeah, no one in my family was musical at all. And so I just decided to buy a guitar when I was 12 years old. And I uh, just, you know, I was really addicted to playing yeah. guitar, even though I was not a good guitarist for many years. Um, and then a few years into me playing, my brother Brandon started playing. And then yeah, the young, two of the young, the younger siblings started mm -hmm. playing mm -hmm. after that. Okay. So it didn't start as a musical family at all. Yeah, I, I thought it did. But you went, we were mentioning pianists, guitarists, and everything. I was saying, is it just in your veins, like the geologists? just buried come in there? Out, come out of the womb, come out of the womb with an instrument in your hand, like you no, know? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I have, I have kids, and I've, I've tried to have them come out of the womb playing an instrument. <laughs> that doesn't really work. They, they're not interested yet. So, what ages are they? What a curiosity, Eric. What, what age are you talking? Yeah, I have three kids. They're nine, five, and two. So really young still. Have they started um, an instrument? A little bit. They don't play regularly at all. No. Like I have guitars and electronic drums around the house and other instruments, and they'll mess with them here and there. But yeah, they're not. They're not taking it seriously yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> You're not going to hold that against America, yeah? <laughs> no, take it serious. They're, no. They're, let's just say they're your next future collaboration, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. That, that was kind of the idea, like start a family so that I have the band built in, you know, have the drummer, the bassist, the, the second guitarist. Exactly. Yeah. Tra trash out some ideas over dinner or something then. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Did you, did you play the uh, the drumming uh, yourself uh, or was it the programming because you had some yeah, electric drumming? But... I programmed it all. So okay. it's all just MIDI and Logic. Um, and then so the guy who mixed the album is Burchell from Seosan. Um, and he, he has his own drum library, like drum sample library. So once I had programmed the drums, I sent everything to him and he used his drum library for the actual sounds um, oh. on the album. But yeah, it's all just uh, MIDI and logic. All right. If you didn't, uh, if I didn't read that on, uh, on uh, the band page, uh, Bandcamp page, uh, then I thought maybe there's a drummer, you know? So you can't yeah. tell the difference between record uh, programming or real <laughs> yeah i mean i, That's a good I thing spent <laughs> yeah i spent an unbelievable amount of time programming the drums so that they would sound as realistic as possible yeah. um you know i i have an electronic drum set and before i started writing music as carved into the sun i thought i was going to kind of uh make music by looping drums on the electronic drum mm -hmm. set and just you know, loop guitar over it and record videos that way. But I, guys like uh, Cloud Kicker, Ben Sharp, and some others made me realize that you can actually program drums. And if, you know, put enough time into it, uh, you can actually make it sound really authentic. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's what I was aiming for anyway. That, that was one of the things, wasn't it? But a lot of the solar projects, again, going back maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years, the drums always did sound false and a bit tinny and never really had that thump that you've actually found on on your album mm -hmm. so yeah. they've come a long way like 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Did the, the mastering uh, help that also by uh, Magnus uh, Lindberg? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was incredible to have him, you know, contribute to my music at all, our music. Um, yeah, I actually had a different guy uh, lined up to master the album. It's the same guy who mastered the the first album. Yeah, uh, but I think he closed his studio kind of unexpectedly, um, and so. Uh, I needed somebody to master it. It was on a little bit of a time crunch. And I just think, I think actually Ronnie from suggested that I reach out to Magnus. And I didn't quite realize that, you know, he would just be open to a quick turnaround on on mastering an album. But I emailed him. I think he responded the same day or the, the following day and just said he was, you know. This is mad is because we you have the likes of Magnus on a pedestal, like because he's been involved in such colossal albums like but there yeah. you go like it's such a tight-knit community like this this post scene that he was back onto that same day it's mad isn't it yeah you know colossal absolutely i've, I've loved Col of luna for you know i don't know 18 yeah. years or something like that like a really long time um and so for him to be involved in our music at all is just incredible and yeah he did a great job there's you know a very noticeable difference yeah. uh from you know starting with just the mixed album and with his mastering on it mm -hmm. it's amazing did he uh, appreciate the music as well what's that did he appreciate the music as well or i think so i mean i'm assuming the music had something to do with him being willing to do it uh yeah. so yeah he didn't give a whole lot of feedback <laughs> in that way besides that he wanted to do it Okay. So yeah, does he listen, did he actually have to listen to it first before he come back and give you a, a yes or no answer? I sent it to him. I'm assuming he listened to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just Brilliant. sent him the mixed audio and said, you know, I have uh, these tracks that need mastering. If he'd be willing to do it, please let me know. I completely expected him to say, I can do it in like eight months or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah. I think he started within a few days. So that's incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. Did I also read somewhere, Eric, that? During the writing process, you didn't you didn't listen to any other music really. You sort of took a step away from every other influence or anything that could, you know, yeah, I mean, change your path. Yeah, it's hard to do that completely. But uh, mm. normally, I'm I'm really obsessive about checking new music out. Like I'm listening yeah. to new bands, new albums all the time, every day. Uh -huh. And so, at least I, I wanted these songs to be sort of reflective of, you know, where I was mentally and just what my influences already were uh, going in. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I wasn't listening to a whole lot of, you know, new music or, yeah. or even music that wasn't what I was writing at the time uh, during the writing process. Cause I just, I don't know. I, I wanted, I wanted it to be just, you know, a reflection of exactly mm -hmm. where I was, mm -hmm. you know, mentally, emotionally yeah. as I was writing it. Okay, yeah. I get you. I was curious about um, about the artwork. Like I said in the in the beginning, I really love uh, the black and white and the the melancholy it it, it shows. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, what can you tell about that? Yeah, so uh, the image is one that I found online when I was just putting together demo tracks for the album. Uh, I kind of had. A, a group of images that I was using, like one for each track. And I don't know, they just represented to me kind of the feeling of, of the songs. And the one that was used for the cover reminds me a lot of a picture that I took of my brother a long time ago. Um, and so that's probably had a lot to do with why I, I was using it. And then 
um the person who did the artwork for the album is named liana white and she did the artwork for uh, the album i did in 2020 also mm-hmm. and i just you know gave her the images that i was already using and the songs and told her you know just do what you feel you what know she feels is right works for, for yeah, you, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she came back with that same image that I'd already been using as the cover. And, you know, um, so I, I just thought it worked well. And, you know, that's not my brother on the cover, but again, it, it reminds me it of, of him a lot. So um, I thought it worked. Brilliant, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's cool nowadays, of course, the, the because of the LPs, you know, the, the vinyls that have a big, big front covers to have a good image. Yeah, and um, for the European distribution, uh, uh, you are with the Mist Records. Yeah, you're in the Netherlands. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Niels uh, from the Mist reached out. Uh, he played the song, you know, on his uh, radio show from the first album, and so I'd already communicated with him here and there, um, and so he, yeah, he played some songs on his show. And then you know wanted to include the album on his on his website and he just you know mentioned that uh he could get better deal for europeans by uh ordering in bulk and, and having them there so yeah, yeah he's been he's been amazing he's you know for him to make the record more accessible and just you know give some of the songs more of a, a platform on his show it's yeah he's been very generous and, and helpful Mm. Cool. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it yet, so uh, I pre-ordered it immediately. Yeah. I think in a couple of weeks, early March, it will uh, be released here. So then, uh, yeah, know. nobody has it yet. It, no. it doesn't actually exist out there yet. So I don't Not even, even have the states. It. Uh, no, uh, no, no. So I uh, I got started on the the vinyl idea pretty late this time, and uh, so I, Dunk is pressing it. Um, but they're not totally done. I think they're supposed to be done pretty much any day now. Mm. And then they have to ship a pallet of records to me and then I have to send them back out from there. So maybe in the next month or so. Jeez, everyone you've talked about that you dealt with, Eric, since we started here, it's all quality. Like, you know, you've got Magnus, like you've got Ronnie from Post, you've got Dunk involved, D-Mist. Like, I mean, you've got the right people around you. Yeah. And you know, Definitely. that doesn't happen by chance. Like, it's down to the quality of your work. Like, it's down to the, the music. Like, the music is just breathtaking stuff. Like, you know, I mean, this deserves to go where it's going. You know? Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah definitely had some help from some people that I really appreciate that, you know, uh, were instrumental in, in their different roles, uh, yeah. getting it out there or, you know, um, doing whatever they did. Yeah, definitely wouldn't wouldn't be where it is now without those guys. These things just happen, just fall into place. It's meant to be like a little bit. Yeah, not saying uh, that doesn't. Not saying that you don't put the effort, the hard work. In no, it, it, yeah, yeah it, it took effort. But uh, actually, uh, Niels from Demist uh, suggested that I reach out to Dunk. So yeah, it was all just there you know, know guys I'd already yeah. been talking to a little bit who you know I, I didn't have a lot of experience doing various things. I did have the first album pressed to vinyl, um, but with a different company and yeah. that, 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 uh, process was not the best. So I was looking for okay. somebody different, but also at the same time, you know, it's all funded by me. Um, and so I, cost yeah. was really, uh, a factor. And so, uh, I wanted to have it on vinyl for myself. Um, but the cost seemed like too much. 
And yeah, Neil said that he he would be you know willing to put it on his website, but the cost had to be a, a certain number, otherwise it didn't make sense. And he suggested that I reach out to Dunk. So so okay. I did, and, and it worked out. Are the pre-orders already sold out, or they're still uh, available? They're still available. Uh, yeah, That's definitely a shame. not. They... <laughs> That's a shame, people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, it's a, a decent number of records that's being pressed, and I'm like extremely close to the point where uh, the the cost to press it to vinyl will is nearly covered. So that's kind of what matters to me. And you yeah. know, like I said, I wanted to have it on vinyl for myself. Yeah. Um, and then you know, not having to cover you know a huge mm -hmm. cost to have mm -hmm. it on vinyl sure. uh, is is pretty nice. It's yeah. Again, more than I expected. So, yeah, yeah. And what about new music, Eric? Have you are you in the process of writing new tracks, new songs? Did you mention that at the yeah. start? Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of always writing new music. So yeah. I, I have kind of a lot of different projects going, different ideas that I'm okay. that I'm working on, and it's all pretty early stages. But uh, but yeah, I have a lot of new music that that I'm working on. You know. Undercard into the sun or various yeah. other projects? Just the one project, yeah. Okay. So it's all potential carbon to the sun songs and just kind of playing with ideas. Mm -hmm. Um my my process is kind of starting with an idea, like a lot of the time I'll just sort of plug my guitar into my computer, start recording, play something, and see if there's anything that I like. Mm -hmm. And if anything sticks, then you know I'll start to develop an idea and see where it can go. And then I'll export that and put it on SoundCloud just for myself. And I listen to my own music all the time. Okay. Um, and that's kind of how I'm writing. I'm kind of constantly listening to my own music, thinking about what I could do with it. And so I have a lot of tracks like that that I'm, that cool. I'm working on, cool. um, kind of deciding what, what I want to move forward with. Do you ever think that when you're listening to those tracks that you're saying, I can do better, I can improve it? And when is there a stage where the track will never be complete, you know, when, when you yeah. listen to your own music so often like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm a little uh, hypercritical of my own yeah. music. Yeah. Like, even with, you know, the album that we just released, there were points very close to when I finished it where I was thinking, like, is this even any good? Or, <laughs> I don't know, or like you know, is, are these parts anywhere near done? And so uh, at a certain point, I just have to cut myself off and just say, you know what, I've I've done everything I can to it yeah, and, yeah. and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, with these new newer ideas, it's definitely kind of uh, a good number of them are just going to be, you know, disregarded and kind of ignored and, and I'll probably move forward with a, a handful of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is, is there some kind of a concept that you're working around yet? Like you have the vision, I suppose, do you have the the nucleus of this album, like the, a new one, yeah, so something that's coming, yeah. Not really. No, still ideas. Uh, so just being yeah, just off. rough ideas, and I mean, yeah, just you know where I am now, kind of you know, mm -hmm. just putting that uh, emotion into music. Maybe my influences that I'm listening to now, something like that. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have a big overarching concept for a new album yet. Maybe there okay. will be one. Okay. Okay. I have a couple of questions, Eric, I want to throw you away there. They're just a bit of fun, really, that I always put out at the end of the show. I'm hoping that Tim sent them on to you. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first question there, and these are these are three new questions, by the way, Eric. I would have had all the questions before, but I came up with these ones there last week. What musician or band would you like to hear do an interpretation of a Carved Into the Sun track? So, uh, yeah, I thought about that. 
So uh, I think the the band that came to mind first is Go Go Penguin. I don't know if you know who that is, but they're like a they're like a progressive jazz jazz fusion band or something like that. They're kind of post rockish, okay. Um, but it's a a guy who plays piano, a stand up bassist, and a drummer, and they're unbelievable. They're, okay, they're probably my most listened to band over the last uh, year or so, um, and so to hear what they they're just unbelievably talented so yeah. um to you know it's an absolute pipe dream like that'll never happen they're pretty <laughs> big but uh but it would be amazing to hear what they could do with the song of their choice they can you know have at it um everything's, at, the, everything's at their disposal eric is it yeah please yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah feel free uh if not them another near impossibility but i really love aa williams as well um and so i was thinking you know she's already got that post you know feeling behind her music with the vocals exactly she has that haunting voice like to to put a mark on it doesn't she absolutely yeah 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 so i was thinking you know to to hear what a vocalist could do with i don't know one of the melodies or something like that would be cool brilliant great answer great answer nice tim what movie or series uh, would you love to uh, have your music on so i'm i'm not much of a tv or or movie person um the the movies that i tend to watch are like documentaries about uh, like adventures like mountain climbing and things like that like i don't know if you've seen free solo or uh meru is a a movie that i like a lot it's about free solo is alex honnold climbing in yosemite but meru is this really epic movie about a guy named Conrad Anker and uh, Jimmy Chin climbing in the Himalayas and one other guy. Um, And it's this just like unbelievable story of these guys climbing like an impossible mountain. And there's just some, they nearly die and there's just a lot going on. So um, I feel like maybe I think so too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like post music can, can really fit in. I, that's why the question was generated because I think it all does a, does a bit of a connection between them. Like with soundtracks, a lot of bands in post music tend to do a bit of soundtrack work and stuff and, and yeah. cin- a lot of cinematic stuff. So that's why we sort of check, checking that question out with you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Third question for you. Um, what was the best live performance you've ever witnessed? I've seen Russian circles play a lot. Uh, so I would have to go with them. Uh, I think their music is already unbelievable. I, I love every one of their albums, uh-huh. you know, to listen to at home or wherever I am. But the live experience is just completely different. Um, yeah. I've only seen a couple bands play live in the last many years, and I've seen them play every, just every chance I've gotten. Um, so, yeah, to me, they're top live band for yeah. sure they do bring an unbelievable sound with them don't they i suppose tim you're the same you've heard them a couple yeah, of times i would guess only the three of them that's that's it's great <laughs> yeah yeah the fact that it's three of them you know the guitarist live looping ability is just yeah. crazy yeah. I, I don't even understand how it's possible uh <laughs> to, to not completely mess that up like a fair percentage of the time but he's just he's unbelievable and their overall sound and and the crowd just being into it and you know the the feeling overall is just perfect i just the drummer, love that band the drummer pushing them really forward you know yeah yeah what, it, what absolutely a drummer. what a drummer 
Yeah. And that's all, you're only short one to make the banter, Eric. Look, you just two of you already, so you're just short the drummer. That's true. That's yeah. If Russian circles can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's so unbelievable me. that the guitarist of Russian circles can pull that off. So I'm not that good. <laughs> so I need, I need some help. But uh, yeah, potentially again, one day. Brilliant, brilliant. Tim, any questions you want to add before we wrap it up? Your album uh, finished uh, third in my year list last year. So it was very cool to hear that you want to do an interview. So that... Uh, Thank you, man. I'm I mean, very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's very cool to hear that anybody is putting the album anywhere on their list. Like, still just unbelievable. You know, yeah, there's it, so many lists where it's all these bands that I've listened to or known about that are playing, show, you know, touring the world, post-rock bands that everybody knows, and my album's right there next to their names, and it doesn't make any sense. But uh, no, but the thing no, is, it no, does make sense. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it does make I'm sense. Saying to me, <laughs> take, take this as a huge compliment, Derek. Your music is incredible, man. You're a talent, you, like man. you really are. Um, and uh, that's that's. Uh, um, I, I'm still wondering, like, um, you don't really, you you really don't have any. Um, uh, how you call it? Uh, um, you don't really want to get on stage with with this music, also, because I I know you. If if you put a band together, I know you. You you can you can see the world. <laughs> yeah. No, I, w- I would like to. Uh it's there are a couple of things that get in the way you know the needing a band first of all which is doable i know that uh, yeah. again i have three kids so mm-hmm. just finding the time i also i'm i'm an accountant so i have a really time consuming job okay. um and so when i write the songs it's like 5 a.m or like midnight it's kind of my my window for making music um and so you know to actually play shows would be a a way bigger time commitment yeah and so you know as my kids get older maybe that'll be possible it's just kind of uh got to figure that out yeah eric we want to thank you man for coming on really appreciate it and like we wish you well with everything you're that you're in the process of writing and that you're doing i hope the vinyl comes out pretty soon and i'm pretty sure it'll be sold out at some stage but no doubt the album's getting unbelievable traction at the moment like and it's again it's down to this genre that we're in you know it's just everyone seems to look after each other and everyone seems to sort of help each other out and buy much which is a big thing isn't it yeah absolutely all i can say is thanks for that album apparently to the sun's album that's the earth by the way yeah. absolutely mind-blowing post rock i suppose it's just weighty and beautiful and again it has a very personal meaning to Eric himself, lads, and look, it, it'll resonate with everyone, I think, when you have a listen to it. And Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Delighted to have you on with me there. This is the first time we've done this, Eric, having the two yeah. of us interview. So, yeah, of course. Many, many firsts. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so yeah, much cheers, for man. inviting me on. It was awesome. No bother at all. Thank you. So, there you have it, guys. Yeah. That is Eric Rightfinger from Carved Into the Sun. Uh, check out his Bandcamp page and maybe purchase the vinyl and maybe even have a look at the back catalog there because I don't know. Is there still vinyl available on the order? Yeah. Still available, yes, just on Bandcamp. So there you go, guys. Check it all out. That's it. Thanks to Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast who edits and produces the show, as always. And I'll see you, Lance, in two weeks' time. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.